You're listening to Long Island's number one couples podcast. I'm Christian, the boyfriend. And I'm Alyssa, the girlfriend. And this is BFVGF. Subscribe for more podcasts and be sure to give us five stars wherever you stream us. You already know who it is. We're back. BFEGF. I'm Christian, the boyfriend. I'm Melissa, the girlfriend. What's, what's good? You know what? I just realized, Alyssa, we did that whole new nice intro and I basically just repeated it. Yeah. But that's okay. We're going to move on from there. Today's a very special episode, Alyssa, because today we're going to be covering, and we've done an episode like this in the past on previous uh, Supreme Court rulings, but we are going to do a new episode because some new rulings were issued recently by the Supreme Court. Very odd to me. That, you know, towards the end now of the Trump administration, they've decided to put all these things out there. Maybe they're looking to see if a new president's going to come in or who knows what's happening. But they've issued two new rulings or two new cases that we're going to get into. One of them pertaining to employment law, specifically in religious and parochial schools. Uh, and we're going to cover that one first. And then also one on that I know you have a lot to mention and talk about. The recent ruling on this one initiative of, of Obamacare that mandated that if you receive healthcare through your company that you work for, that they should provide a contraception, specifically birth control. And that was recently uh, struck down by the Supreme Court. So we're going to get into all this news. Let's jump right in. So first up here, Alyssa, we're going to get to this story I have right here at NPR News. Justices rule teachers at religious schools aren't protected by fair employment laws. Now, before we even jump into the article here that they've written, Alyssa, I'm sure you're aware of there's a lot of employment laws and, you know, people with disabilities act. I forget the exact name. I think this article goes on to mention it, that um, prohibit discrimination against certain people in the workplace. Like, you know, when you go in for a job, they can't ask you certain questions. Like if you're married or whatnot, do you have any religious affiliations? Now, this case is very interesting because it's pertaining to professors or teachers, I should say, at religious slash parochial schools. So the article goes on to say the U.S. Supreme Court has carved out a major exemption or exception, excuse me, to the nation's fair employment laws. In a 7-2 vote, the court ruled on Wednesday that the country's civil rights laws barring discrimination on the job, which is, we, we all know, you know, you can't discriminate when you're employing or hiring, do not apply to most lay teachers at religious elementary schools. The case was brought by two fifth grade teachers at California parochial schools who were fired from their job. Agnes Morrissey Burrow, claimed age discrimination, and Kristen Biel said she was fired after she told her superior she had been diagnosed with breast cancer and would need some time off. If true, that would violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. The article goes on to say, the schools denied the allegations but maintained that regardless, federal employment laws do not apply to their teachers because they are required to teach religion for 40 minutes a day in addition to other academic subjects. And now the Supreme Court has agreed. Any initial takes, Alyssa? Wait, so apparently now um, at religious schools, they're allowed to discriminate? Is that what you're saying? So we're going to get into the bigger implications here. As most Supreme Court decisions are. It's like, it's never really just isolated to this one case. We're eventually going to get into how I think this might impact um, teachers at like my school. I went to Kellenberg Memorial High School, which is a high school, but this case was specifically brought by two elementary religious school teachers who I'm assuming based off the wording of the article were lay, meaning they weren't religious, but that they were required to teach religion for a certain portion of the day. And because they were not or let me put it like this, because they weren't able to attend school or they had to have a substitute for some brief moment of time, the school argued and it obviously got appealed and all the way up to the Supreme Court that they had the right to fire them because at a religious school, this equal, what is it exactly called? Let me see right here. The, um, it, that the Americans with Disabilities Act and that the Fair Employment Act, I think it's called, do not apply to religious schools. To me, that's bonkers, bonkers, excuse me. Most institutions, if you get hired, these laws are in place and these acts are in place so that you can't be fired for random reasons. You know, just because you like, for example, if you're pregnant and you can't go to work, you shouldn't be fired. But at the same time, a lot of companies don't offer maternity care, so you're forced to work even while you have the kid or while you're pregnant. So it's a very weird situation. But what this article is saying that 
this elementary school said or believed that they had the right to fire these teachers because they weren't working, because they had other issues that needed to be um, attended to, and that normally that couldn't happen under United States law, but they argued it all the way up to the Supreme Court, and now the Supreme Court has ruled in a 7-2 decision that the rules that apply for all, I guess, non-religious institutions or public institutions do not apply to religious schools. So basically, religious schools now have the right to discriminate almost against whoever they want. They could find any reason almost to get rid of somebody. And as we're going to get into, there's a lot of implications for LGBT workers at these schools. Here's um, my take on it. I don't understand why currently there's so much um, mixing of religion and government because it's my understanding that government and religion, religious beliefs, should be two separate things. The law should not be involved when it comes to religious beliefs. If something is against your religious belief, um, the law should not be protecting a religious belief. It shouldn't be in favor of Christianity or, or any um, religion. So that's what I don't understand because obviously in this case of discrimination, there's nothing that somebody can do if they get cancer. You know, you need a job to support your medical bills. So why should it be that your, your company can fire you um, based on an illness that you get? Like, I don't understand because I feel like the same laws that apply to public schoolings should apply to private schoolings. Like, why should we allow religious schools, like, an extra um, ability to um, discriminate? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because the article goes on to mention, you know, on the topic of, you know, religious freedom and whatnot. Writing for the seven justice majority, Justice Samuel Alito said, quote, state interference, end of quote, in religious education would violate the free exercise of religion guaranteed by the First Amendment. So his take on it is that this doesn't even have anything to do with employment. He is specifically saying we shouldn't be interfering with anything religious at all, whether it's actually worshiping or whether it's in regards to employing teachers at these religious schools. And I know you're nodding your head, but this is a bad thing. We want the United States government to interfere and say that you can't fire these teachers. But he's saying that we're ta- we're doing last l'affaire, we're taking our hands off the situation. Whatever religious school wants to do, if they want to discriminate or fire somebody for a reason that they otherwise could not, because they, if they weren't a religious school, we're going to let them do whatever they want. Because it's religious, they can get away with it in a sense. And the article goes on to say, quote, this was part of his statement, or as he was writing the majority opinion, quote, the religious education and formation of students is the very reason for the existence of most private religious schools. And therefore, the selection and supervision of the teachers upon whom the schools rely to do this work lie at the core of their mission, Alito wrote. So this now opens the door to, and believe it or not, this is actually a case at a lot of, even though at a lot of schools, you know, people are looking for a job, and so they kind of have to put whatever their whatever their credentials or whatever their background is aside. Maybe somebody is a part of the LGBT community, and they're working at this religious school, at least in elementary schools, I guess you could say. And if the school doesn't agree with that, they can now fire them for being who they are. This what this kind of opens the door to that. And I know we mentioned that story, the story, excuse me, or that case in the previous. Supreme Court news episode we did about how the LGBT community is now winning a bunch of rights, but now it seems like this is almost a slap in the face to them saying now, if you're working at a religious school, they can just get rid of you if it disagrees with their religious beliefs. Now, you know, it's a tough situation because when you go to be employed at any job, religious or not, they can't ask you, you know, are you a part of this community? What, you know, what's your sexual orientation? But now it seems like even though they can't ask that, if they find that out about you, they can use that as a reason to get rid of you. Here's the thing. I feel that obviously in a, um, in a school where, you know, um, sexual orientation should not matter, I don't understand why that's something that is fireable. Um, and I, I feel like, like I said before, I really don't think that, uh, I, I do believe that, you know, obviously if 
uh, you identify with a certain religion, you should have the freedom to practice that religion. However, when that is taking away jobs from people and it's in an irrelevant sense, like sexual orientation, you know, they're not going to teach these children about sexual orientation or, or how they identify. It has nothing to do with their teaching. In that sense, I don't think it's relevant. But obviously, like if somebody wants to be a priest or if they want to teach a religion class specifically, then I understand why they would want somebody who's Christian versus like Jewish or, you know, they don't identify with the religion. But besides that, if it's like teaching math, why should why should even your religion matter? Because it's not a a position that really involves um, religion in general. I'll tell you why, Alyssa, because as the court saw it, the Supreme Court, federal courts are not allowed, in their opinion, to settle employment disputes involving teachers similar to those in these cases because the religious schools are making, quote, internal management decisions that are, quote, essential to the institution's religious mission. So in the sense that they are their own entity, you know, a lot of churches, if it's a house of worship, you can't be taxed. And now if it's a school, we can't interfere with what employment decisions you make. And so an immediate um, scenario that came to my mind was how when I was in 10th grade in health class, and I'm not trying to go like too far off the beaten path here, but we were taught an abstinence-only education, and we weren't taught other things. And I can't help but think to myself, perhaps my health teacher, great woman, phenomenal professor, did that because she feared possibly losing her job if she taught us the other things besides abstinence. And so what if you're in a religious school and a health teacher is like, an actual, you know, person who's dedicated to teaching the truth, you know, and and a holistic education, and she taught you something other than abstinence only, would she now be fired because it's now, it's not um, conducive to the internal management decisions or the internal workings of that religious institution as a school? Could they now fire her because she taught something else? And the Supreme Court says, yes. Because now we're getting into a scenario here where schools in the South, you know, back in the day, if you taught anything other than creationism and you taught like the theory of evolution, you would be fired. And that was a clear, you know, violation of the Employment Act or whatever these other acts are. But now it's moving into religious schools. What you can and cannot say, can and cannot teach. Now, this is not what the initial case was brought on, but I'm just saying this is what it could possibly open the door to. If now a teacher says anything that may now be out of line, perhaps, with the school they're working for, is this now a grounds for them to get fired because it's an internal management decision by the religious school? Well, I guess if you're going to teach at a religious school, uh, even though, I mean, I might not necessarily believe in abstinence and I don't necessarily think it's something that should be preached at any school. My school wasn't even religious and they preached abstinence as well um, and said that they weren't, they, they didn't even really teach us, I mean, much in health class regarding that because they told us that um, it was against like the school's policies. But, and and I didn't even go to religious school. Um, But I do think there are certain things that teachers, I mean, like in a religious school, um, since abstinence is something that is in line with Christianity, I kind of understand why the school would want that to be something that's taught, even though I not might not necessarily agree with it completely. Um, if it's something that is preached in the religion, I can understand why the schools would want um, their teachers to teach that. But I don't necessarily think the teachers have to agree with the policies and um everything involving the religion, I just think they should, even if let's say you're a health teacher that, you know, you don't even consider yourself to be Christian, even if you don't even believe in anything you're really saying about abstinence, if you're working for a religious school, I can understand why they would want you to preach what the, you know, what their religion um, says, because, you know, what's the point of getting a Catholic education if it's not a Catholic education? So I kind of understand where they're coming from. Do I think it's a fireable thing? No, but I, I do kind of see why they would want teachers to teach what um, is, you know, in the religion. I mean, however, as far as like sexuality goes, I don't really think sexuality is relevant for teachers. I don't really think it matters if, if a teacher is gay, like how would a student know? You know, obviously the teacher is not going to go to school telling everyone because it's irrelevant. It's not something that's important to the teaching. So I don't think that should matter. 
but uh, I don't really think any part of sexuality should be taught in school since it's such um, an important, like, you know, thing that we're trying not to influence people's decisions or make them feel like it's wrong. So even though that's an aspect of Christianity, I feel like like touchy subjects like that should be avoided in teachings because I don't necessarily think it's right to teach students that like, you know, if, if a Christian believes that like being gay is wrong or something, I don't think that should be taught. But um, things like abstinence, I don't think that's teaching that and not even, you don't even have to believe it isn't really like hurting anyone. I don't know. The key takeaway here is that we're not talking about a church. Yes, we understand religious institutions, church, mosque, temple, whatever. They can't, you know, tax exempt as a religious institution. I get it. But we're talking about a school here. This is employment. So obviously, I can't speak specifically, religious schools typically do background checks on individuals. They'll ask them, you know, especially if it's a religious school, as I did when I applied, are you religious? How often do you attend whatever service you're going to, right? But if somehow a teacher slips through the cracks, now they're saying you, in a sense, have fair ground to fire them if you don't believe with everything they say or do at the school. So what this ruling does, it essentially strips fair employment protections from, as it says here, many of the roughly 149,000 teachers at religious elementary schools. Because for them, they might be religious, right? But in the end of the day, it's still a job. Yes. And I kind of feel like, like I said before, I think that if the job involves nothing but religion, like if you are a religion teacher, then I think you should, you know, be Catholic. But if you are teaching math or science or health or something that doesn't involve religion, then I don't think it should matter. And obviously, if you're Jewish and you're applying to work, at a Catholic school teaching math, I think it's an unspoken rule that you're not going to preach your own views onto the children attending. So I feel like as long as it's said or as long as people know that they can't do that, but just strictly teach what they're supposed to teach, I don't think it should matter what the religion is. And I don't even think it should be something that's necessarily asked unless it's a religious position they're looking to obtain. Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head here because- this specifically with the 149,000 elementary religious elementary school teachers, many of them, if not all of them, teach religion alongside other subjects. Because if you're strictly a religious teacher, right, the idea is that you believe what you're preaching. Yes. But if you're teaching other things as well, perhaps you don't necessarily have to. And once again, I'd like to see where it opens the door to. So I make a reference again um, to my high school. Does my environmental science teacher or whatever my science or math professor also need to be a part of the religion that the school um, promotes and background checks before they hire the individual. They're probably going to determine, you know, yes, they're probably going to say like, we would like somebody who like, if, cause my school was, you know, Catholic, primarily Christian school. So they typically want to probably hire individuals who are Christian or Catholic, but now if they're not, or even if they are, and like, as I mentioned the example before, as it happens a lot in the South and a lot of textbooks are different down there, if we reject science to some extent and push things that, you know, are another interpretation, another idea, but push that as solely the thing, or they go against the grain, I should say, you know, if you're preaching evolution as a science teacher and in your school, they're like hardcore creationists. This is now, in a sense, grounds to fire you. These are all, in my opinion, unique cases, but it just opens the door to that. I don't think every Catholic school teacher in the country is going to get fired overnight, but it's just that there are now exemptions to the rule and ways in which if your employer, if the school doesn't like you, they can almost kind of get rid of you. Yeah, I don't necessarily think um, something like that would be grounds to firing someone. So that's why I feel like, you know, it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously you have to teach what the school preaches because, you know, you can't teach something that doesn't really go with the religion. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it would be like a fireable offense. I think in cases where it's like an environmental uh, science teacher teaching like evolution, I feel like perhaps they could teach it, uh, they could teach evolution as 
a theory that may or may not be true and kind of leave it up to the interpretation of the students, not really necessarily put anything on them because of um, the theory of creationism. So I feel like maybe things could be taught more theories that may or may not be true and leave it up to the students. Um, But I definitely don't think it's a fireable offense to um, say something that, you know, may be true that doesn't conform with the religion. However, I do think that people should try to be teaching stuff that goes with the religion because it is a religious school, you know? Two final points here for this story, as the article goes on to mention, and as we've been talking about, this case was obviously in reference to those elementary school teachers that brought this all the way up to the Supreme Court. As to the nearly 200,000 teachers at religious middle and high schools, like the one you know I attended, as well as schools that include both primary and secondary education, which also happens to be mine because it was a middle school slash high school, it is not entirely clear what will happen. So will the will cases be taken out against you know high school teachers that may have done something that was slightly counter to the religion, and will they be reprimanded slash fired for it? One other paragraph I just want to highlight real quick. Alito, who was the chief, who was not the chief justice, but a Supreme Court justice who wrote the majority opinion, he pointed out that the archdiocese of Los Angeles, where it's another case where teachers were fired there, that this archdiocese considers all its teachers catechists, quote, responsible for the faith formation of the students in their charge each day, and expects teachers to infuse Catholic values, quote, through all subject areas. So this is a problem because. This means this one archdiocese, or as other schools could, this was just one example, but what this means is, as it opens the door too, as I mentioned, what if my school says, you know, we think all our teachers are responsible for the faith formation of the students in their charge each day, and that they should infuse Catholic values through, quote, all subject areas. So if you're in a subject area other than religion, and you're not strictly adhering to what the school policy is on that religion, then this is basically, you know, open door to get fired. It doesn't really make sense to me because I don't really understand how you can incorporate religion really in other subjects. Like what, like in English class, they're just going to read the Bible. Like, (laughs) I feel like it's, it's like, I guess I can understand if they mean like the basic values of Christianity in the sense where you have to be respectful, like, like things that are like, that all religion kind of conforms to. I don't know if they just mean like being a good person. Having gone to a Catholic high school, I can possibly give you some examples. So one that comes to my head is at the beginning of every period, we would do a quick prayer. And so what if one of your classes, the teacher either doesn't want to do the prayer or forgets to do the prayer? Are you not, quote, in, you know, infusing the Catholic values with your students? It doesn't matter what subject it was. And in the middle of the day, we said the Angelus, you know, right after lunch, which was, you know, a long form prayer for a couple minutes, you know, at the, for the start of, um, I think it was either fifth or sixth period. And so, and also when we would go to confession, which I think was once a year, you know, the teachers would walk us down. So what if one teacher doesn't want to walk their students down to confession because they might be religious, but they don't feel like their students need to have confession. Uh, the whole idea is that they well, they wouldn't be working there in the first place if they weren't willing to have, I'm sure when they were getting employed and that the employer or the school was just like, listen, if you work here, we're going to have more, we're going to have prayer before every class. There's a lot of religious things. We're a very religious school, but nonetheless, there are probably a couple cases here and there where this will come up. Probably niche cases. I don't expect there to be a lot, but just the fact that this now is the case is just a little saddening because it is in the end of the day, religious school or not, you know, going against these previous acts that were there or laws, I should say, to stop discrimination in employment or being fired, I should say. I really think that it should be like, as long as somebody is willing to hold the policies of the school while in the school. And if they're willing to conform to, you know, whatever the school wants to be taught, because you don't really have to be super, Catholic to have a prayer before your class. You can have another student lead the prayer, you know, to just help them in their experience in a Catholic school um, is something that you can do regardless really of your religion, as long as you just conform 
to the policies of the school. If you're not a religion teacher and it's just about a prayer before class or walking them to confession, I don't necessarily think you have to be like super Catholic to do those things. Um, so I think that as long as you know you follow you know the policy of the school and conform to what they're asking of you without getting super involved in religion, I, I don't see it as a an issue. So that's why I, I feel like it shouldn't matter what your religion is unless you teach a religious class. Because like I said, you, you don't have to be Catholic really to have to fold your hands and have a student lead a prayer and before class. Absolutely. The big takeaway from here is although this may not affect necessarily a ton of people, it just adds to this whole notion or not even notion, just the fact that the Supreme Court is probably one of the most conservative or pro-religious Supreme Courts that we've seen in a while. I'm going to get to another pro-religion ruling specifically on employer um, paid like birth control right after the break. And we're back. Explosive headline from the New York Times. Supreme Court upholds Trump administration regulation letting employers opt out of birth control coverage. The regulation was the latest attempt to undermine the, quote, contraception mandate, a signature initiative of the Obama administration. Washington. The Supreme Court on Wednesday upheld the Trump administration regulation that lets employers with religious or moral objections limit women's access to birth control coverage under the Affordable Care Act and can result in as many as 126,000 women losing contraceptive coverage from their employers. Before I move on to the article, quick hot take from Alyssa. Personally, that 126,000 number seems very small, but what is your take before we even dive into this article? It makes me so angry. Well, let's find out why it makes you so angry. The 7-2 decision was the latest turn in seven years of fierce litigation over the contraception mandate, a signature initiative of the Obama administration that required most employers to provide cost-free coverage for contraception and that the Trump administration has sought to limit. Many religious groups praised the contraception decision. Quote, the government has no business forcing pro-life and religious organizations to provide drugs and devices that can destroy life, said John Birch a lawyer with Alliance Defending Freedom, as he said it in a statement. So, Alyssa, I have a lot to say. I know you have a lot to say. I guess we can start here. No one believes in their right mind that Obamacare is the best healthcare plan that the world has ever made. There are a lot of other countries that do it better, but there's also, you know, a lot of countries that do it worse. But, we're not one of the best. I wouldn't say we're like the t at the top for like providing health care for our citizens. But there are some things, a part of Obamacare, that people can't deny were helpful to the general public. I'm not sure if they've since gutted this, but I know one of them, disregarding the contraceptive issue for a section, was that Obamacare made it so that your doctors can't discriminate against you for pre-existing conditions. Or the health insurance companies can, I should say. So, for example, if you don't have health care or you're switching providers and you've had something in the past, say you've had cancer or say you've had a broken leg or say you've had, I don't know, pneumonia. It could be something super mild, something super extreme. And then you try to go get health care. Health care, or I should say health insurance companies, could, without this provision, discriminate against you and decide not to give you health care because they deem you as a, quote, risk, or just charge you an exorbitant amount of money because you've had, quote, pre-existing conditions. If I don't have that correct, anybody out there, free, feel free to reach me on the appropriate uh, uh, social media connection or whatnot and definitely correct me. I don't think they've gutted it yet, but I think that is one important provision or mandate that was in the Obamacare that health insurance companies basically can't discriminate against you for having had a healthy health issue in the in the past. Isn't that the whole point of health insurance so that it covers you? So it shouldn't be, it doesn't matter, you know, if you have something in the past because no matter what you pay into health insurance and they make a lot more money than they do paying your bills back for the few times over the course of your life you might have a health issue. Now, moving over to this other mandate that I just mentioned that I think is also quite good from Obamacare, that employers have to provide cost-free contraception. 
don't know why I split there and split it into uh, two syllables there. Contraception. I don't know why I did that. So, Alyssa, what is your take on this situation here? I want to hear what you have to say, and then I'll jump in as I'm formulating my opinions and my thoughts. Why should an employer have a say over what medical condition is covered? And I will say that because birth control isn't necessarily used for the purpose you would think it would be used. There are many um, medical conditions that people use birth control for, uh, PCOS, um, prolonged periods, uh, pain. Um, they use it for cramps, um, just regulating your period. There are a lot of reasons why women use birth control. I think that this whole um, ruling is really showing how we're regressing with women's rights. And it makes me so upset because I just feel like First of all, like the employer shouldn't have a say over my health. And even if somebody wants to use birth control for the intended original purpose, why shouldn't they be able to? It's a woman's thing. Obviously, if I feel like if there was something that would create uh, limitations to men's health, uh, there definitely wouldn't be a ruling like this. And it just saddens me. And a majority of the people who had a say in this were men. So it just makes me upset. And I know the whole thing is like, they're seeing that, um, you know, if a company wants to be religious, why should they provide birth control? Well, why should they provide any health coverage? It's for the good of the people who, for the employees. A lot of employees have, first of all, have jobs where they can't even cover their own birth control because birth control can be expensive. So why can't we just cover all medical costs like insurance is supposed to. Why are we singling out women who either have medical conditions or just want to use it for the purpose that it's used for normally? I just, I don't understand. And a lot of people were arguing, saying that, well, some companies will have exceptions that if you have, you know, a disorder or something, then um, you'll have, you'll be able to get the contraceptives. But my concern is, first of all, I don't think a majority of companies that are religious like that would care. I don't think they would be like, okay, well, she has cramps, so we'll give her the birth control. I think they would really only have exceptions for women with like PCOS, which um, there's it's a small percentage, but you know, a lot of women still out there. But I don't necessarily think there would be a lot of people with exceptions because. I don't think just saying I have cramps or prolonged periods is enough for a company to be like, okay, well, we'll give her birth control. So many points that you mentioned and I have to jump in on. So let's just break them down one by one. First of all, let's talk about the political theater that is going on here. They have released these decisions, including the one we talked about before the break, that are religiously motivated or pro-religious, I should say. I should say very, what is it? August, September, October, November, like around four months before the election. So clearly there was a lot of political theater going on here, a lot of optics so that President Trump could come out and say, look, we've won on all these religious things as he's trying to get more of the religious vote, I should say, or a lot of people from the Bible Belt and the Rust Belt. So the political theater is very obvious and quite frankly, troubling. Moving on from there, Republicans and I'm not a fan of really a lot of Republicans or Democrats, specifically in Republicans, a lot of them are, they're always anti-big government. They're like, you can't take my arms, Second Amendment, you can't take my guns. They're anti-big government, but yet they want the government to basically determine what you get to do with your body. Because the government is now protecting companies that can now choose to decline giving their employees, in a sense, let's call it what it is, health care. Because up to this point, before this ruling, contraceptives was a part of the health care that companies offer their employees. So Republicans, the hypocrisy here, at least the ones that believe this, I should say, it's obviously not all Republicans, who are anti-big government, don't realize that this is just letting the government back this is letting the government get bigger, determining what you get to do with your body. It's the same issue with abortion. Why should the government be allowed to determine, and we're not going to get on the topic of that, but just as an aside, you know, a little point, why are we letting the government determine what I choose to do with my body? 
And so one level below the government, we have the private companies, right? Which are now being backed by the government. Why does a company, which is in a sense the government because it's being backed by the government, allow to determine what I do with my body? Whether I'm on birth control to regulate myself or for myriad other issues or possibly just because I want to be a sexually active person, why does that company get to choose what I do behind closed doors in the privacy of my home? I heard an analogy the other day, and it so perfectly encapsulates the situation. When you get your payroll, when you get paycheck, the government, or I should say the, the company, does not get to choose what you spend your money on. I can go spend it on cocaine, and, they, and, my, and my company can't tell me, oh, you can't, do, you can't buy that. It may be illegal, but I'm trying to make a point of they can't stop me from buying 32 TVs with my paycheck, you know? So why should they be allowed to determine what I do with the healthcare that they're supposed to provide me? That's just, that's point number two. Point number three is that we've determined, at least in our society, in this country, that we are going to have healthcare be supplied by the employers. And that's just the healthcare that, I was going to say that we've chosen, but I should say that really has been given to us. Whereas a lot of other countries, the government is the institution that supplies healthcare to the citizens. Therefore, there isn't even an issue at all about whether your employer has religious affiliation or not and what they can choose to give you or not give you. So if we choose to be a company or a country, I should say, that we're going to let the employers give the health insurance, that how, how are they allowed to discriminate? They have to give you everything. You know, why don't we just have the government then control the healthcare? I understand it's very complicated, probably would never happen. Not that I even think it's necessarily a good idea, but I'm just trying to draw the contrast here where a lot of other countries, this issue is completely negated because the healthcare isn't even supplied by the institute, by the company they work for, it's just by the government. And the government, in theory, is non discriminatory and they will just give you whatever healthcare you require or that you need. You know, you might pay a little more taxes, but you get whatever you need from the government, including contraception. That's point number three. Point number four, and which is my final point here, is it's all about what this opens the door to. This is what I talk about with all the Supreme Court rulings. It's never just this one thing. It's always about how does it apply to other scenarios and other cases, as we just talked about with the previous Supreme Court decision. So now, Alyssa, companies that aren't even necessarily religiously affiliated are going to start making claims because it's all about penny pinching when you're a corporation. It's not about helping people necessarily. It's about maximizing profit, right? Companies are now going to claim religious affiliations just to, put, just to save money so they don't have to imply their employer's contraceptives. And it's so expensive out of pocket. There's so many people in this country who don't even have health insurance. But so now for the people that do through their job, we're going to kick out, or I should say take away, a very important part of that, especially if you're a woman. You're 100% right when you said that we're regressing in the women's rights category. We're taking more liberation and freedom away from them. Being able to regulate your period and, quite frankly, quite frankly as it's called, you know, control birthing, you know, control birth and regulate birth— Women have been liberated, liberated. They're no longer stuck at home. They don't have to have kids if they don't want to, you know? That's why you see a lot of religious people who don't necessarily believe in birth control with 20 kids. So it's just like, how can you condemn us, or women, I should say, to taking away their birth control and, in a sense, taking away a part of their freedom? It just makes me feel like we're trying to push religion on everyone. If it's your religious belief that abortion is wrong and contraceptives are wrong, then don't get an abortion, don't take birth control. But why are we pushing these beliefs on everyone? Is the ultimate goal here to have birth control not be covered so we can't have birth control, to make abortion illegal so women can't get abortions, ultimately making it so that if you engage in any activity, you have to have any kid, regardless of whether or not you want it, and just have 20 kids, whatever. Not to, you know, spiral off the path, but once again, back to the abortion issue, I had professors I knew and had in high school say, you know, either under the breath or kind of discreetly, you know, to the class, you know, like, even if you are assaulted, there were options instead of terminating the pregnancy, you could put it up for adoption. Think about the kid's life. Excuse me, 
Think about the woman's life who has to deal with that for nine months and whatnot. It's just taking away liberties that woman had. That's crazy. We, they already had them, and now they're being contested. You already won, but now they're coming after you. Next, they're going to try to take away your right to vote. Yeah. Ultimately, if all of this does go into play, then their suicide rates are going to go up for women, especially. The key is that, as you said, and I'm sure you're going to get to, just because I know we're on the you know, the path of abortion, I don't want to get down this road. But even if you make it illegal, that doesn't stop. It's just going to lead to an increase of illegal abortions. It doesn't stop abortions. You know, people are going to start getting contraceptives, you know, either out of pocket. Well, it's a cycle poverty. Now you're pushing people to spend money out of pocket to get the contraceptives they need, possibly for a reason, not even that you think having nothing to do with salacious stuff, just specifically wanting to regulate themselves or if they have another condition. But it seems like the federal government is like, no, we're going to back companies if they want to take it away. And just one final extra point. I'm not sure if I'm on point at four five or six at this time, at this point, I should say there's a pun there. Republicans they always say they're pro-life. So now they take away your birth control, right? And you're forced to have a kid or change your lifestyle. That's not pro-life. That's not pro my, that's not pro my life. That's not pro the woman's life. You know, that's not pro what she wants to do with her body. That's in a sense pro the kid's life if she, you know, gets pregnant. So now they force you to have the kid, right? Then you have the kid and they're pro-life. but they won't institute proper gun legislation or regulations so that our kids don't get shot at, at their schools and elementary school. Sandy Hook, all those kid, kids died for no reason. They, won't, they, they claim to be pro-life, but they won't put in gun regulation to protect the kids. They don't want to give you health care to take care of your kids. They don't want to give you maternity leave. Are they really pro-life or are they pro-just agenda trying to win the next election? I was going to get into that. If you're not going to provide birth control, you're going to provide maternity leave when I get knocked up? That's a phenomenal point. And it's just, in some states right now during this whole pandemic, I think a lot of um, uh, people are taking advantage of us putting a blind eye at them taking away all these rights. Because I think in a few states, I don't know which states exactly, I haven't looked it up, I looked into it, but I think they've already like limited abortions in some areas. So imagine living in an area like that. Most of these areas are more religious. So all of the companies are probably most likely going to be religiously affiliated. And now women have to choose whether or not they're going to buy their birth control or they're going to pay their rent. And that shouldn't be. And think of this. What if you're somebody who's like a super healthy woman and you don't use your health insurance all year because you're super healthy and you're paying out of pocket for the one medication that you take every day, your birth control. So the one thing that you actually need, you have to buy. What's the point of health insurance then? If the one thing you need, you have to pay for. I would say, especially as a young woman like yourself, the number one thing, if you were employed, that you would receive from your uh, healthcare provider through your employment, you know, that's the key there, would probably be birth control or contraceptives as a young woman. When you get older, you obviously need it for different reasons when you actually have true health issues. But as a young person, and for a lot of young workers, this is like the one thing they use their health insurance for is to get contraceptives. Yeah, and- also, a lot of people are like, well, if you don't agree with the company's policies, then work for someone else. First of all, a lot it's not that easy to get a job, especially right now during a pandemic. People need to pay their rent. They need to put food on the table. Somebody might have been working there for 15 years. They're not just going to quit because they can't. Second of all, a lot of places where a lot of companies have religious affiliation, all of the companies in the area have religious affiliation. Some towns, some small towns in the South all of the companies, everyone's super religious. So what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to work? Alyssa, what was the one name of that company that you just found out the other day was religious? You didn't even know they were religious? Hobby Lobby. I don't even know what they are. So craft store. So they're a craft store and I'm sure they pull some scheme where they don't even give their workers, workers I can't speak. They don't even give their workers, uh, you know, full employment hours so that because you... The way a lot of companies get around providing health insurance for their employees is they'll give them half shifts. They don't give them full like eight hour shifts because if you're a full-time employee, that's the real word for it. Full-time employee, then you have to provide health care for your employees. But if you're a part-time employee, you don't. So I'm sure for places like Chick-fil-A 
or Hobby Lobby that claim to have these religious affiliations. Obviously, Chick-fil-A does. This was this is not an issue because the workers there probably never even got their health insurance through through uh, Chick-fil-A because they were probably a part-time worker anyway. Well, there are a lot of full-time workers at these establishments. Like I've I know because I've you know worked with people when I worked at Starbucks and all those places. There was always a few people I knew were a lot of people actually. Most people were full-time, believe it or not. Definitely for that area, but in general, I'm just mentioning a scheme that these corporations and companies will use oftentimes to not provide healthcare to all their employees, and it's all about saving money, right? And so, but now, if you've been a loyal employee for somewhere for so long, getting your birth control, you know, to regulate yourself or for other, other myriad reasons, and they just take it away, you're just like, well, now I can't work here and I'm out of a job because I've relied on my job to give me health care. And it goes back to the issue of we're relying on employees for health care. Should it be the government? And all of this during a national pandemic, mind you. Well, this is what's so amazing. President Trump and the Trump administration is now trying to kill and gut Obamacare. This is just one provision that they were able to gut out in regards to the contraceptives. But he's putting an appeal now into the court system, the federal court system, and possibly at the Supreme Court, to completely abolish Obamacare, to get rid of the bill, get rid of the act. President Trump is trying to get rid of the millions of Americans that are on Obamacare, good or bad, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. There are, I believe, it's around 20 to 30 million Americans who use Obamacare as their primary health care provider. And so President Trump is trying to take away health care from individuals, from the American people, during a pandemic. This is the worst time. I mean, I don't necessarily know if Obamacare is the best health care that people can get, but if there's going to be a major decision like this about health care, I certainly don't think it should be right now when people need it the most. Well, I'll tell you, because obviously this is some degree of a politically based episode. President Trump is not doing very well in the polls. He's getting killed by double digits by the former vice president, Joe Biden. And so maybe he thought this was, or the court, I should say, if they're trying, cause they're more conservative leaning court, definitely with the recent appointments, they're trying to give, you know, president Trump a little bit of boost so he can go out on his rallies and say, you know, even though behind the door, behind scenes, a lot of people don't pay attention to what's going on in Washington. I'm trying to gut, you know, Obamacare and a lot of people on Obamacare, it's not like the typical right-wing talking point. They're like minorities and they're just taking advantage. It's a lot of white people who were on food stamps, who were on Medicaid, who were on Obamacare that are in the South, and they don't even realize that President Trump's trying to get rid of their health care. He's going to go out now and say to them, see, we got rid of this one provision that got rid of contraceptives for all the women who were trying to be sexual, like bad on them, and we're winning back religion, and he's going to try to win back the Bible Belt. But the problem is... Joe Biden appeals to a lot of the same voters because to some degree or not, I should say hundred percent, not even to some degree, Joe Biden is a neoliberal. He is in some sense, a conservative Democrat. He is in a sense, a Dixiecrat. So although Joe Biden would never get rid of this contraceptive mandate, he appeals to the same voters. He's got that Southern charm in a sense. He is from Delaware. It's just this whole thing with, trying to restrict women's access to birth control. Like, first of all, a lot of women who are married even are on birth control just because, you know, they want to control the amount of children that they have. So I don't really necessarily, like I said, I don't know what the goal is. Is the goal just to make it so, you know, if if you do it, even if you're married, you, you have to have as many kids as you have, and that's just life. You just have to deal with it. If you can't afford 20 kids, sorry, that's what God gave you. And it's the, it's the hilarious hypocrisy of the right wing and specifically religious people. Cause a lot of religious people, you know, there's a lot of Americans who are Christian. It's like the primary religion in the United States. I shouldn't say the primary, but it's like the one with the most held beliefs. There's the majority religion in the United States. I don't know. It could be 40%. I know atheists are coming in big now, but it could be anywhere from 30 to 40%. So they're the major block of individuals in the United States are Christian. A lot of parents and a lot of uh, adults are just Christian people. And they may not go to church every day, but they still affiliate with Christianity as their religion. And you're telling me that they're, when they're adults and they're having kids, they're like, you know what? Because we're married and we believe in the Bible and what the Bible says, we are not going to take birth control. We're going to have as many kids and whatever happens, happens. No, 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 no. 
even if you're religious, you don't care. You will still try to limit the amount of kids you have. Okay. Cause if that wasn't the case, then everybody would have been having 20 kids. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm affiliated with Christianity yet. There are some aspects that, I mean, I, I, I just can't put my head around. Like I, I don't think that God has so much to say about what I do with my body. He's not, you know, doing anything about animals or, you know, anything else. He, he, I don't really think he cares that much about what I do with my body. So I would like to choose what I would like to do with my body. <laughs> You're telling me all these Christians are so moral, they abstain from, you know, premarital interactions. Come on, give me a break. This is America. All right. We're not, everyone's trying to make themselves, especially in their older age, see, so be so pious and, you know, so pompous and so much better than the rest. But you know, you were young once you understand what it's like. Don't try to be so oppressive with your religion. You would, you know? Yeah. I think for the most part, you know, God would just like us to live our lives and be happy. I don't really think he cares you know, what I decide to do with my body. I don't think that's on his priority list. I don't think people are going to go to hell because they they want to get an abortion or they want to control the amount of children they have. I just, I'm sorry. Like I affiliate myself with Christianity, but there are some beliefs that I just, I can't understand. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It's just a giant bowl of hypocrisy. Yeah, and if you're Catholic or you're extremely Catholic, I should say, to the point where you do, um, you are against the use of contraceptives and abortion, then how about you just don't do those things and leave me and my body out of it because I can choose what I want to do because I'm a free, independent woman. Isn't America supposed to be the land of the free? Why are they controlling what I do with my body? Alyssa, I would be shocked if people who are cheering on the fact that contraceptives are being taken away from women, are they themselves not on birth control? I bet you a lot of them are, but they just see it because they're older and they use it for a reason that's not salacious or sexual and they use it to regulate themselves or for some other condition. They're like, yeah, take it away from the the scandalous young women who, you know, are not prudish and they, that's not a bad thing. You're meant to be human and do whatever you want with your body. It's these older generations of Americans that are just like, yes, let's instill our beliefs on them. Yeah. And it's also like a lot of really religious people just get married really young. So, you know, all of this isn't really an issue to them. It's just, uh, yeah, I just, I can't wrap my head around why we're mixing religion with government when that is totally wrong and against the beliefs of America entirely. Like, how can we call ourselves free if we're limiting so many free, so many freedoms and, and making everything about religion. Like, how are we free if, I, I get the whole thing, you're free to practice your own religion. You don't have to go out and get an abortion. That is your freedom to practice your religion. But putting your religion on other people and making law binding, binding is like so wrong. Like, why don't we just let people live and choose to do what they want to do? Because that's part of being an American. Why are, why are we controlling, especially women? I feel like it's mainly women. Women are the people being controlled. I don't see no law against men. I don't see, um, anything restricting anything, uh, in the category of men's health. Uh, men seem completely fine and dandy. They don't have to rely on anyone. They're, they're completely fine. They don't have to worry about losing any of their rights or any of their rights to their own body. If the onus is on women to, to take care of their, themselves on, in the relationship so that they don't have the kid, and it's not on the man, if it's onus is on the woman, because she's supposed to take birth control so she doesn't get pregnant, right? Right, right. Then how can you take it away from them? Because in the, in the view of a man's world, they're like, I shouldn't have to do anything. It is the woman's responsibility to make sure she doesn't get pregnant. That's in like a really like, you know, like evil sick, sick way. People who go like super far in that way. Like I shouldn't have to do anything. The woman should have to worry about, uh, cooking for the house and cleaning and, uh, making sure she's not pregnant. Okay. I get it. That's your, like, you're super religious. Like you want to keep women in the house. Like I get it. But then how do you take away them controlling birth? If that's like your like really hardcore view. Yeah. I can tell you that if, if we restrict birth control access, a lot of low class areas, a lot of areas where women are living in poverty, I, I can tell you they're not going to buy birth control because they have to afford rent. They have to afford food. Birth control is not on their list of things that they can buy. So 
right now taking it away and making it uh, up to a company to affiliate whether or not they want to uh, affiliate with religion uh, is mainly going to affect areas where, you know, people are, are living in poverty, you know, because this ruling is going to make it so their their birth control is gone. They have, they have no way of affording it. So in low-income neighborhoods, there's going to be more illegal abortions. There's going to be more, because uh, first of all, uh, a lot of places where, you know, a lot of companies are religiously affiliated are going to be in areas that are like down south where abortion is is controlled and limited a lot of places where it's actually already illegal. Exactly. So now you're in the south, whether you're white, black, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're a low-income individual. They take away the contraceptives. So now, you, now you're pregnant. You have the kid. And they would just say, well, then you shouldn't be doing that, but you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. We're past that. So now you're pregnant and you didn't want the kid. Now they don't let you have the abortion right? So now you're still stuck with the kid. So now, and you're broke, you can't afford to drive to another state to have the abortion. So now you're forced with the kid that you did not want. And it's the complete cycle of poverty all over again. Yeah. And then what you have, since you can't have any birth control, you just keep having kids. You don't want any of them. They live a terrible life with, you know, not getting enough to eat, living in a very small, bad environment, wishing they weren't even alive. A lot of them. The keys. There's no solidarity or empathy in this country, specifically at this time. There are periods of time where Americans feel more closely together. Specifically, I just like to think I would reference like after the September 11th attacks, a lot of Americans, you know, put American flags outside their home, whether it doesn't matter what your affiliation was politically, we were, we were all Americans. But today we're so politically divided, there is no empathy. There's no solidarity. So it, we're living in a country now where we don't think, you know, it's common sense that Americans shouldn't own automatic weapons to just gun down individuals and just kill people for no reason. It's now the only people who are against guns are the people who it happens to them. Cause that's what's we're at the point in America where it's like, you don't care until it happens to you. You think, Oh, that shooting's never going to happen in my town. My daughter's never going to get her birth control taken away from her. She's never going to be forced with a child after she was assaulted or something like that. But then it happens to you. And then you realize, Oh shoot. Like, your position completely changes on it. And in a sense, you're a hypocrite. But as I mentioned in previous episodes, sometimes I think a hypocrite is a person going through change. And that's a good thing. We want people to realize that not everything is super evil and that you have to have some common sense when you make rulings like this. This is extremely prohibitive to women and restrictive on their bodies and what they choose to do with them. Yeah. And another thing that, you know, is still relevant is the fact that because of this ruling, less women are going to be on birth control and people are still going to get assaulted because we live in a world, in a society where a lot of women every day get assaulted. Don't you think there's going to be more like assault babies? Because if you're not on birth control, if, if a woman gets assaulted, but she's on birth control, she most likely will not have the child. If so many women are now not going to be on birth control, there's going to be way more children born of assault, Right. It's absolutely insane. And just going back to an earlier point that I had made, how many companies now are going to be like religious affiliation? Everyone's going to raise their hand, like in a classroom. They're going to be like, religious affiliation, we got to save money. No, we can't give birth control to any of you anymore. Yeah, that's what my parents were saying. Like a lot of companies can just say, oh yeah, we're going to be a rel religiously affiliated to save money. And you don't think that Supreme Court justices, these are arguably the most important or most powerful people in the world because they dictate what what is constitutional and what is not in the United States. You don't think they're not aware of what this leads to the door, what it opens up to? Of course they're aware because you got to call it what it is. They're a right-wing, conservative-leaning Supreme Court justice. That's obviously not everybody, but there's enough people to outsway the vote. That's why it was seven to two. There's only two people in the dissenting opinion, you know? And also, I feel like they're a lot older, so they don't really, they know that this, ruling is not really going to affect them directly. And the only thing that will affect them directly is like the economic standpoint. So they're looking at what's economically efficient and a lot of them probably are religious. So they're not really looking at the humanity behind it because it just doesn't apply to them. Especially if you're a conservative old man, I mean, do you really care about birth control? Like, like don't let them have it. Like save the company's money if they want to be religious. I'm religious. Like, you know what I mean? But here's what's amazing. They do care. And that's what blows my mind. There's something about this country that is so backwards. Young people don't go out and vote. 
it's the older generations, I guess, when you have nothing left to do because you're retired, that strangely get intensely politically involved. So many old people or people over a certain age, I should say, you know, whether they're in a nursing home, or whatever, they are really dedicated to going out and voting because they feel like they're the people as they're out the door, hate to put it like that, but they feel like they want to leave a lasting impression on the new generations and instill the same values that they had, but they're not aware of the fact that society is evolving and changing and that, you know, back then, you know, you were a woman cooking and cleaning in the house while the husband was at work and you're in your little suburban 65 by 95 plot of land. The whole world's a really different place. We got social media, people traveling around the world, people take birth control that wasn't even around back then. They don't realize the world's a different place. But I'm curious, just tell me real quick what your parents' position was on this. Well, they agree with me. So they, they agree with you? Yeah, say they do believe that women should have access to birth control. Because as they were, I assume they were saying to you, like they made the point how companies everywhere are just going to claim that they're religious just so they don't have to give their, because it's not even, to some respect or some degree, it is religiously based. So Trump can get some brownie points, but it's really in a sense economically based because a lot of these Supreme Court justices worked in the private sector private beforehand and they have corporate ties and you don't think they get bribed, you know, behind closed doors or whatnot. So in a sense, they want to do something that is economically beneficial to companies that are like multinational corporations, you know, companies that employ thousands, tens of thousands of people. If all of a sudden you tell Amazon, guess what? Amazon claims to be religious. They don't have to pay or give health care to any of their employees in the form of contraceptives. They're going to save a lot of money. Yeah. So I don't understand why we're giving this choice to companies. Like, it's going to be so easy for them if they're going to save all that money to just be like, oh, yeah, we're religiously affiliated. It's such a double-edged sword because you might have joined a company specifically because it wasn't religious. Like if you want to join a religious company, typically you'll go seek out those companies, right? But maybe they weren't religious when you joined and now they're flipping the blade on you and they're like, guess what? Models, even though they're going out of business, I don't know why I referenced them. Staples, we are a religious company. And so now you might have staples, but we can't give you contraceptives. Just, it blows my mind. Like, like I said, I feel like we're regressing with women's rights because this is just an attack on women and men are not involved. This is a woman's attack. Now, I, I guess the key takeaway here is from, is that we're moving in a very pro religious direction, which is kind of scary. You know, in the previous case probably going to be a little more niche, but in this one, this was a big, this was a huge ruling. They said it only affects, I think the number was, as I mentioned previously, around 128,000 women. No, 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 no. There has to be more than that. I can't imagine. There's 330 million people in this country. There are probably tens of millions of women who get their contraceptives through healthcare. I can't imagine that it's that very small number. It seems way too small to me. I, in fact, if I'm honest, I hope it is that small because that would mean not many women are affected, but I have a feeling it's a lot more. Yeah, and how do they even know that before companies have even claimed like that they're religious? Because I'm not sure where they got that number, but maybe they got that employment number as employees just for companies that are openly publicly religious like where my father works like it's clearly a catholic company and so maybe they just took the number of employees from all companies that outright say they're catholic or religiously oriented but they didn't probably take into account the millions of americans that work with companies that are now going to say that you know we're religious yeah your dad works for a religious company who's to say what if one of your sisters needs it for a medical purpose in the future and they can't get it through your dad's insurance now my my parents are very much so like yours and they're probably very understanding they're like listen they shouldn't be able to take that away that's just makes sense like i'm sure my mom was on birth control at some point like women just understand other women's issues and as you mentioned this ruling was primarily by men because it's a you know male dominated uh uh, Supreme Court. Yeah. And I made a comment on a YouTube video about how birth control can be used for like medical purposes. So like, you know, we shouldn't be taking it away, especially for that reason. And a majority of the people who were arguing with me were men. But there was one comment from a guy that at least you mentioned to me about how he was like, why do women, you know, need contraceptives? And then you hit him back with the, you know, medical issues and numerous other things. And he was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. There was one person who was like saying like, if your period is irregular, then, you know, it's, it's unhealthy to put yourself on birth control. Are you a doctor, sir? Because like, that's not what my doctor said, but okay. Um, so I 
tried to explain. I was like, well, you know, lots of women use it to regulate their periods. It's a normal, healthy thing. And he's like, oh, I'm a man. I shouldn't be saying anything. Damn straight. Shut up. Yeah. Just the key takeaway here is we're, mo- we're moving in a very pro-religious direction. Uh, and it's scary, especially this most recent ruling with the contraceptives. Very oppressive and regressive in the sense that we're taking things away that we already gave women that weren't necessarily so radical to begin with. I was not aware this case was even in the judicial system because the Supreme court only reviews like less than a hundred cases a year because they only take typically very important cases. I was not aware this case was even in the system. Oftentimes you hear about these cases before they make it to the Supreme court or you hear that like they're being, you know, they're in the system and that they're eventually going to get addressed. So you like wait to hear a ruling coming. I didn't even know this was in there. And this is obviously a very, monumental, important decision for women all throughout the country. Republican or Democrat, a lot of people are on birth control, and I can imagine a lot of people are now going to lose it. Yeah, and it's not that easy for everyone to buy it, because a lot of people were like, well, if you want it, just buy it with your money that you earn from your job. Well, a lot of women get paid like minimum wage, and it's like rent, food, or birth control. It's like, how do you even make decisions like that? I didn't even think about it like that. That's a phenomenal point. What'd you say? Rent, food, or birth control? So it's like, do I want to be regulated? Do I want to eat? Or do I want to have a roof over my head for when it rains? Yeah, it's like, how do you make people make those decisions? Absolutely insane. Unfortunately, Lizza, that's all the time we have. We've spoken for about an hour and six minutes. (laughs) So clearly, we're both very passionate about these two cases, Anything you want to say to the people out there? Any final points on this case you might want to add? I think we covered most of the important points. Yes, most definitely. Now, the Supreme Court is not the most evil thing in the world, as we covered in the last episode. They have some great rulings, too. But this one, we knew it was kind of coming in the sense because they're a conservative-leaning Supreme Court. But you cannot deny the political theater of four months out, Trump is most definitely, I can't wait to clip it and see it in a video somewhere about how we're winning in the Supreme Court because we're getting all these conservative things passed. It might be a win for Republicans just for an election that Trump might not even win, but in overall, this is a real lose for the American people and society. So on that note, thank you all for joining us. We'll catch you in the next one. We love you very much. Peace. We love you. Bye. Bye.